Oh, hello. You guys remember that line in Goodwill Hunting when they're at that bar early in the movie? That's where he, where uh, Matt Damon meets Mimi Driver, and Ben Affleck goes over to talk to them initially, and he's just standing there like next to him like this, and then Mimi Driver goes, "Oh, hello," and he goes, "Oh, hello." It's like one of my favorite lines. <clears throat> I have so many movies that with my good friends I quote all the time and they get annoyed by it like my buddy Jay will get constantly annoyed that I'm always quoting Goodwill Hunting Big Lebowski Seinfeld and uh, what the heck Robin Williams Carpe Diem school no nah, not school times not school ties oh captain my captain I mean I know every goddamn line from this movie It'll come to me. Excuse me. What's up? What's up, everybody? Don't you want to move that body? I do that all the time. I like to make up songs. Hey, everybody. Get the disco in that body. Uh, I'm currently in Naples, Florida. This is pre-recorded. So if you are in the area and you're like, should we go to the show? Go to a show. There's shows tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. I don't know why. I don't know why I would ever do shows on Sunday nights, but I'm doing it. God damn it, I am doing it. Um, today is the day I wear clothes that were given to me. My wife had these shirts made for my 40th. How cool is that? 76. And then they say uh, established 76 and then something else underneath. But she gave them to everyone on my 40th. If you're going to do a birthday, I've said this before, I think. Once you hit 40, that's it. You celebrate your 40th, 45th, 50, 55, 60. You're not doing one every year. So this is my 40th. Everyone got a shirt. Everyone came away with us. And that's another thing. Like We all went away. It gave people an excuse. And you got something. It's a cool shirt. Uh, so, yep, my wife. Real Kate Larson on Instagram. Give her a follow. Let her know you listen to the through line. And then uh, a lesser-known comic named Roy Scovell. If you know Roy Scovell, he gave me this hat. And... Uh, He's known to do that to me. He just sends me stuff and like, here, I got you this thing. It's like his weird, you know, like guys are afraid to like just tell people. I like when guys would be like, hey, man, I like hanging out with you. And you're just like, are we going to kiss? I feel like we could kiss right now. And they're like, no, I just want to let you know that I like hanging out with you. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess it's okay just to tell people you enjoy them, you know. And this is, uh, I think that's how Rory does it. He sends me little gifts and does nice things. No note just tells me hey i sent you something and then i get it and i'm like oh this is you like me you know what i mean oh do we like each other we like each other how long you think we've been going five minutes um so if you're in florida come see me otherwise early september sunnyvale uh rooster teeth feathers the first week in sunnyvale uh give me golf recommendations i'd like to go golfing uh i think i'm going to drive there why not right I love a nice drive. Come home whenever I fucking want. And then um, <sighs> November, I'll be the second weekend in November, I believe. Hartford, Connecticut, the Funny Bone. Third weekend in November, I'll be at Laugh Boston in Boston, Massachusetts, my hometown. You better be there then. Here's another thing. If you're right now going, oh, I'm definitely going to that show, don't just put it on your calendar and buy tickets. Get a group of friends. Bring people out. You know what I mean? This is how 
This is how we grow. This is how we develop. And I, you know, I see some people might be like, geez, Jay, it's like really aggressive just telling us to do that. I'm not trying to be aggressive, but that's what I do with everything. My wife always gets mad at me about it. You know what I mean? Like if we plan something that we're going to do together, she'll be, I start like, try, I always try to include, build community, get people involved. If we start doing things, I tell other people about it. And she's like, Jay, why are you always like, can't you just, just let people, you know, go? And I'm like, no, I like to build people together or here's the one she gets annoyed at friend is throwing a party right we're invited i invite other people i'm like oh dude you should totally come and then i hit up my friend who's having the party i'm like hey i invited uh you know these people i think you'll really dig blah 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 she's like why don't you ask first i'm like no i'm not gonna you want to be friends with me this is what i'm about i'm about building community all right that's what i'm about um, so if you're going to come out to a show, get some people together that don't know me. You know what I mean? And then here's even better. Before that, send them an episode of the through line or send them clips of the comedy so they get an idea so that when they walk in, they're like, hey, I already like him. Because you know what it does, too? This isn't just to benefit me. This builds relationships with you and your friends. Because when you start having more things in common, you have more to relate over, and it's going to make your relationship last. That's why I told you when I'm doing those quotes about the movie that I can't remember and stuff like that, I have friends that I will forever be able to quote Seinfeld with. I can go head-to-head with anyone quoting Seinfeld. Better than Jerry and Larry, I'm sure. Had a chance to work with Larry David and Kirby Enthusiasm. You'll see it when it comes out. It's not out yet. I'll let you know. Either way... My father-in-law, my buddy Jay, my buddy Travis, three best Seinfeld guys. Unbelievable. Um, I can go all day, almost every up. Season nine, I'm going to be honest, seven, eight, nine, those seasons, I know them, but not as much just because it got a little much for me. I think we do that a lot with, you know, like, you ever make like a recipe for the first time and it's unreal and then you make it again and then again and then by like the fifth or sixth time you're like, when I fuck with this a little, you know what I love about it? The tomato sauce. I'm going to go heavy on the tomato sauce. You know what I like about this? The oregano. I should put some more oregano. The lemon juice. Go heavy on the lemon juice. Don't you think? It... And you start fucking with it. So that's what they did with Seinfeld. Kramer didn't start out slamming through the door. If you remember, because I do, in the first episode, he comes in. He's super calm, super quiet, wearing a bathrobe. He's got two pieces of bread in either pocket. And he reaches out to Jerry and goes, got any meat? He didn't slam through the door. But then seven, eight, nine, they he developed into that guy. That's why, like, I mean, first of all, let me just say this. Every season's unbelievable with Seinfeld. It's hands down. It's the reason I wanted to do comedy. No question. Was Seinfeld. It wasn't stand-up, it was Seinfeld. And it's just it's the best. Even the last I loved every single episode, okay? I'm just saying it got overwritten a little bit, seven, eight, nine. And I still loved it. Okay. So whatever. Things aren't going to stay perfect. You can't control it at some point. At some point, you lose control of the thing because it comes bigger than what it was before. Oh, am I getting deep in shit? <sighs> My son does that with water. He goes, Daddy, watch this. And he'll take a sip and he goes, Ah. He goes, That's what you do with water. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Is it what you do with water? Psycho. Um, and then in December, 
uh, it's like the second or third weekend I'll be at the Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington, Vermont. Again, that's a small town, small club. Book a weekend or book a night if you're like in driving distance. I'm not going to be to New York anytime soon. I just It's just not happening. I'm not wanted that much. So if you're in New York or you're somewhere else, just please come out. Like Make a night of it. Be like, hey, we have far enough in advance. Let's go out for the... Let's go out to Burlington, Vermont, Thursday, Friday, or Friday, Saturday. We'll go to a show Friday night, go out to a nice dinner, because there's some great restaurants in Burlington, go out to a nice dinner, then come to my comedy show, stay at a cool B&B, then go bone at the, Air, the B&B or Airbnb in front of the fireplace, have a fire, make love in front of the fire, and then just lay there together, connect, okay? Spend the night. Next night, go skiing. I don't ski, Jay. Cool. That's cool. Go to some cool shops. Find some pottery. You know what I mean? You know what? Something people ask me, like some cool little things that I like to do. This was something I, my wife and I started. We would, when we lived in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, there was this like swap meet kind of thing Saturdays, like the first Saturday of every month. And um, that's my wife texting me right now. Every... Um, the first Saturday of every month. And I, I started this thing. We started this thing where like, you know, we used to keep our change in a bucket. You keep your change in a bucket. We still do it. And I said, let's just take all the change we have, go to a coin star and whatever cash that is, we'll go to the flea market and we buy one thing because otherwise we go there and you start buying a bunch of stuff you don't need. And you're like, this would look cool, but will it? I don't know. And we had $19. Okay. And we went, we bought this super cool mid-century wooden frame. No glass, no mat behind it, just the frame. I think it was 17 bucks. And we hung that on the wall just as a frame for years. And then one year for Christmas or her birthday, I took all these Polaroids. That's another thing we do is like we take Polaroid camera on trips or on special events. We just get out the Polaroid like 4th of July, Thanksgiving, uh, a random Sunday. We turn into a special day. I'm like, oh, let's just take the Polaroid today. And uh, I got all those framed in it. And now that's up in our bedroom. But like that will always be like we just when you had a number that you had to focus on. So anyway, if you're not going to go skiing or whatever, get your change and like let's get one thing in Vermont. And then it'll be like. Hey, that's our Vermont trip. So, like, if you don't have kids yet, that's your Vermont trip. Uh, someone actually reached out to me and said, like, hey, what are some things that we should do before we have kids? Uh, trips alone. Random ones. How about wherever you live, drive to a town without anything but money. Don't pack a bag. Just go. Find a hotel room. Bang. Then go out to a dinner, wake up the next day, go buy some clothes to wear, and just explore because you're never going to be able to do that. I mean, you can, and I have friends who are like, we do with the kid. Shut up. Okay. There are going to be things that people do with their kids that you're not going to do with your kids. You know what I mean? Like my friend's kid fucking eats tacos with cumin and squeezes lime on their tacos. That's not my kids. You don't think I've tried? I've tried. There are going to be certain environments and elements that you're going to be able to introduce your kid to stuff and certain ones you're not going to be able to. My kids say please and thank you all the time. Do yours? Maybe not. All right. My kids swim. Do yours? Maybe not. My kids don't ride bikes yet. That's just who they are. What am I going to do? Well, this kid rides a bike. I need to ride a... It's who he is. 
I'm trying to accept it. I'm trying to find ways to get him to like want it. You know, I'm not going to put it's just not me. It's not me. It's not him. So get over it. And if you're someone who's like, well, don't your kids should just eat what you eat. All right. Cool. Is that what you've been able to accomplish? That's great for you. I wish we could. You know where I see that a lot? Stay at home moms or stay at home dads. If you're a stay at home parent, I think the likelihood that you can get your kid to have a a more open palate that's like going to eat shrimp and stuff like that at like a young age is if you're a stay. But if you have childcare or daycare or something like that, you lose control. It's just the way it is. Trust me. Would it have been awesome to be stayed home with my kids? Yeah. Do I think in a natural world we would be at home with our kids until they go to kindergarten? Yeah. That would be rad. And then they, you'd be home when they got home from school. That's just not the world I live in because we just don't. That's just not. I don't make enough money and my wife doesn't make enough money. And uh, so we work within the parameters of what we have. And then you find ways to like, you know, like last week's app, I talked a lot about family vacations. That's when we try to find the connection, you know, like in every time we try to build up like, yeah, you try new food. My daughter kills it with trying new food. My son, not so much. But you take what you can get. I also, my kid eats a ton of vegetables. I said to my friend one time, I'm like, I got to get the kids to eat more vegetables. Like, what are you doing for veggies? And, they, and he goes, well, what does he eat? And I was like, cucumber, carrots, green beans, broccoli, uh, asparagus, uh, tomatoes. I think I said cucumbers, you know, and he's like, Jesus Christ, that's way more than my kid eats. You know, so we're lucky in that aspect. Other people are like, oh, well, my son loves <laughs> caramelized onions. And you're like, oh, geez, that'd be cool. But sometimes kids don't re- relate to texture. Maybe we didn't introduce it. Early. I don't know. But if you're going to have kids and you're going to worry about these things, just know you're never going to do everything right. That's just the way it is. You're just never going to. There's going to be some things you're really good at and some things you're really bad at. And there's going to be some things that your kids are really good at and some things they're really bad at. Oh, that was like all coffee grinds. <laughs> I've been making my own coffee at home. Good thing about recording in a garage, you can take coffee grinds out of your mouth and then put them on the ground. Um, by the way, a couple people reached out and told me how they listened to the podcast, and it was like the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, that's sparkling water into old coffee. Someone told me they listen. Someone was mowing the lawn. <laughs> Dude, sing it. Sing it that that's how you're listening to my podcast. Someone else told me they listen to podcasts on the way to work and the way home. But for the through line, they sit down with a cup of coffee and they drink a cup of coffee and they just sit. And I'm like, that's the best, dude. You're the best. So please, I love hearing how you're listening and, you know, and things like of that nature. So I wrote down a bunch of stuff that a lot of people have reached out. And I'm going to try to get to some. I might take it to all. I might drift off. You guys know how I do. If you're not following me on social media, please do. Tell your parents to. I don't mean that like tell your parents to. I mean tell people. It's the only way that I can keep doing this. Otherwise, I'm going to have to stop and open up. I would love to open up a restaurant. I think I've said this. and But lately, I've been thinking about we sending the kids to like a summer camp. It's like a day camp. It's It's terrible. I mean, it's terrible. It's literally like their motto should be like, 
Your kid ain't going to learn anything, but they ain't going to die, even though they might die. There's a chance that they're going to die. That's a fact. But they're just like, the first day at drop-off, I'm not asking for much, but when I come in, it's like one of these camps. You don't have to go from Jump Street till the end. You can, like, pop in whenever. So we were away for a week, and other kids ended school earlier, so the camp's been going on for a while. So last Wednesday were the kids' first day, and I roll in with, they each go to a different section. So I take in, go with my son, and I just go up to someone like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, uh, this is my son's first day. Uh, are you his counselor? And he goes, nah, she is. Uh, how old? I go, five. He goes, yeah, she is. All right. So I go over, and I go, hey, how you doing? I'm Jay. And she goes, hey, I go, this is Reed. Uh, you have him in your group? And she's like, oh, okay, cool. It's free play now, so he can just do whatever. I want to be like, bitch. <laughs> This is my son, okay? Get your ass down here. Say hello. Let him know who you are. Maybe introduce him to a couple kids. And like, no, that's not how it's going. All right. I get it. I'll get on that. And then I did it. And I was just like, uh, I mean, am I too? It's like I try to like, you know, walk that line by being the dad or the parent who wants the kid to have an old school life and then the one who's like a little protective and be like, yeah, all right. I'm not just going to be like, all right, figure it out. Here you go. I'm like, no. Can you introduce him to a couple kids so that when I don't, when I come to pick him up, he's not the kid like who dribbles a basketball by himself in the corner? Which, what? That's what he was doing. I'm like, oh, man, that's so sad. Even though I know if I just let him sink or swim, he's going to sink or swim. Chances are he's going to swim. You know, like I know that there were camps that I went to, but even the shittiest camp, you don't have, you could be getting paid 12 bucks an hour to shitty camp and still be a great counselor. Do you know how, and this is just goes into something with people in general. Do you know how far a little goes? It goes for eternity. If you're getting paid 12 bucks an hour to be a camp counselor at some day camp, to get up off your ass, come to the kid that just is starting and go, hey, I'm Catherine. I'm your counselor. What's your name? Cool. What's your name? How old are you? Awesome. You know who else is five? This guy. Do 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 Intro. What do you like to do? Do you like soccer? Yeah, so does he. You guys should kick the ball together. Go play. I'll check on you in 10 minutes. That's it. Do you know how long that just took me to tell you? I would say that was... 28 to 32 seconds. Someone go back, time it, let me know how close I was. I bet I was very close. That's all you need to do. Do you know how easy it is to, when you walk into a grocery store, how's everybody doing? That's easy. Do you know what you do? You're changing everybody. You know how easy it is to say hello to someone? Do you know how easy it is to say thank you when someone holds a door? Do you know how easy it is to be at a, to be in traffic line to a red light that's, I don't know, 700 yards away and someone's trying to turn left into their street, into their neighborhood, and you to just leave a car length so they can go, what do you think? Everyone's going to sneak in front of you now and now you're going to be three cars behind? It's not. It's so easy to do a little that will mean a lot to someone else. And you may not think it means a lot. Someone, you may let someone go and they not, may not say thank you. It does something. And it doesn't necessarily have to do something for them. It can do something for you. Whatever. I'm not getting into the whole thing. Someone asked me, like, what do you, how do you make, what, what makes a good neighbor? So I had an interesting thing with my neighbor. So I live in a duplex. I share a wall with a neighbor. And when it came up for rent, I said to my really good friend, Chef Uncle Jason on Instagram, hashtag next time. 
let him know he he cooks you know and he puts stuff up on you know instagram and says hey, look at this cool i fucking i cooked this guess what i've had his food it's undersalted it's undersalted. Everything looks good on Instagram. You put a filter on it. You put a fucking sprig of parsley. Oh, you're like, oh, this looks great. It's undersalted. How about hashtag next time? Let him know just so he knows where you're coming from right here. Because I've had his food and sometimes you're like, yeah, next time, dude. Not right now because I've had it. And sometimes it's really good. But other times, you know, whatever. It's a picture is what it is. Same goes for some of my food. I may be over salt. I don't know. I grew up in a house with no salt. I never put salt. I remember the first time in college I saw a kid putting salt on food. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, what? I'm putting salt on it. I'm like, you putting salt on your food? It blew my mind. I never put salt on food until after college. And I still don't do it. You will. I, you could ask my wife how many times she's ever seen me put salt on food. And it's probably very rare. Now I'm saying, did I have salted food as a kid? No. I think it was very bland food. So I, I can eat bland food. I put a lot of salt in my food because I like it brings out that taste. You know what I mean? Um, I think I said a spider crawling out my leg. <laughs> um, so I think when it comes to So anyway, when he was going to move in, I said to him and his wife, I'm like, yo, this spot's going to open up. It's great rent. It's a great uh, house. It's got a yard. It's awesome. Do you guys want it? I can help you get it. Easy. And they were like, yeah. And I go, well, hold on a sec. Before you go do it, are things going to get weird with us? You know, like we're going to be sharing a wall. We're going to be right next door. And they're like, no. And I go, you just, you can't, you're just going to say no, you know, because it's a good deal and it's a great spot. But here's what we need to take into consideration. I don't want any pressure to think I need to talk to you every day. So I don't want you to feel the same pressure. Some days I see them. I see them in the window. I ignore. I just ignore. Not because I don't want to talk to them. Because I just want to like feel like I don't have to talk to them. You know, th- then cut to other days. I cook food. I text over like, yo, just roasted a chicken. Anybody want chicken? When the kids don't finish their breakfast sandwich, there'll be half a sandwich. It's not like they've eaten it. And I go, you, anybody want half a breakfast sandwich? I got waffles over here. Pancakes. Name it. You know, stuff that the kids don't eat. We make extra food. Uh, I text over there, you got a banana. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So I'm very communicative. Understand, when it comes to neighbors, I like being involved. I like borrowing stuff. I like when people borrow from me. Now, it's 2019. If you think (sighs) there's things you can't say to people that you know, then that's on you. If you let somebody borrow a shovel and then they don't give it back that's on you you hit them up yo where's my shovel you're not that you're not that close to them if you can't be like hey what's up with my shovel you know figure it out now here's something that i've been battling with a little bit as far as neighbors go the other day kid in the neighborhood comes by the little piece of paper that he was going to hang on my doorknob and i saw him come to the door and i go hey buddy he's like 14 he goes hey so so this information about the block party, the street over is doing a block party and they're inviting, you know, other streets to come to the block party. Now, who do I know on that other street? I know one, two, three, fam- four families. Okay. Two are because of their kids, knew our kids. One is my, through a friend of mine. And then another guy was walking through the alley one day 
and he I was building something. We started talking and he I know this is going to sound weird, but he I had an old wine fridge and he took it and sold it for me and gave me the cash. I don't that's just what happened because I talked to people. So do I want to go take time and have to go to this this party? Because now it's like now am I going to I'm going to have to meet new people. See old people. And then, like, spend the day. Like, you know, what if it sucks? You know, and then I'm like, oh, I'm over here. Second, I know how I would do a block party. What if I get over there? I'm like, God, this is what you're doing for a block party? I would never do this. So I don't know. So I'm in a dilemma. I love building community. And then at the same time, I'm like, ah, this is just new people. I got to meet more people. Do I want to know more people? You know, that's what happens when you get older. You're like, do I want to know more people? You know who I like knowing? Strangers. That's who I like to know. Strangers. I like doing stand up for strangers. I like talking to strangers because then I don't ever have to talk to them again. Like, we walk that street all the time. There is this one older woman, it's an older couple, and the kids always like want to like pick these dead flowers off her tree. And she's so nice. She's like, Yeah, let them come in the yard. So now we come in the yard all the time. I know her. There's this one baller house. I'd love to know those people. Either way, I think someone asked me about that. Like, what do you think about neighbors? I think that's, you know, other boundaries, borrowing, swimming at the kid's house, stuff like that. I think, oh, man, I had this terrible neighbor once. So I was living in this house that had a guest house. I used to live in the guest house, and now I moved moved back to this other house this guy had they had like a big four-bedroom house a two-bedroom house and a guest house all in venice down closer to the water and i lived in the guest house and then moved then came back lived in the two-bedroom so then this kid was living in the in the guest house this was like 2005 or six and the kid living in the guest house was like selling selling weed out of his house which you know whatever but like he had like a camera up front people coming and going he was just a weird dude he was from like he was from Oregon, and I, I I love Oregon, but this this dude was just weird. I just did not like him, and so we're having a barbecue one day, and now from his guest house, there was like this much, about this much, about two and a half to three feet space in between our two places that you could walk through to our back patio, so I'm having this barbecue, got like, and we had a back back patio and then you go through the kitchen through the living room through the dining room and then out the front door and there was like a grassy area with a hammock and people were hanging out in the house out front me my roommate jordan and then we had all of our friends over and like you know i'd say there's like 20 25 people there maybe 20 15 to 20 good vibe inside the kitchen a little bar set up always like on the little bar have a have an area designated so people know where they're gonna hang okay don't just be like well i don't know that's that outside is right outside the kitchen door is the grill and a, a table for making food and my boy t.o double what's up t.o double he's working the grill i'm sitting there next to him talking having a cocktail here comes neighbor through the side did i invite him fuck no did did my roommate jordan no no one did he comes over and i'm like oh god damn it and I, I can tell he's a little effed up, you know, and not on booze and not on weed. And you know what? I'm cool with some stuff, other stuff I'm not cool with. I'm definitely not cool when it's affecting who you are in your communication with me. That's for sure. Just because you're fucked up and you don't care how you're talking to people doesn't mean I have to sit there and listen to you. If you take it upon yourself to get to a point where you're, you can't listen and you can't talk, 
I am not going to feel, I don't feel any responsibility to you. And that's sober or not. The other night at the comedy store, comics are crazy and weird. And this one comic, I said, what's up? And he said something weird back. And then I go, huh? And then he just like starts talking this bullshit. And I just go, I can't do it. And he goes, wait, wait. And he started, I go, no, I can't do it, dude. And I just left. And I'm like, I'm not going to feel bad. If you are this socially inept that you can't, you think I need to talk to you the way you talk to the world? No, I don't. Anyway, this kid comes over. And I go, what's up, man? And he goes, hey, man, I brought over some Jack. And I go, cool, man. I go, we got a little bar inside if you just want to pop it on the bar. Now, I don't want him there, but I'm going to just be courteous, you know? <laughs> I'm saying that now, and then you're going to hear what I say, and you're going to be like, that didn't sound courteous. So I go, what's up, man? Yeah, I just throw it on the bar. And he goes, yeah, and I brought some Sprite, and he puts the Sprite down on the food table here. And I go, cool, man. I really appreciate that. I go, we got a bar inside if you just want to you just want to put it in there. And he goes, and I and I brought some Coke, too. And he, and he pulls out a bottle of Coke, and he drops on the ground. And I'm just like, oh. And he's got a friend with him, okay, who's equally as fucked up. And he takes the Coke. And then he puts that on the table. And I go, yeah, you could just you could just put it inside on the bar, man. And then it fell off the table and he goes to pick it up. And I go, or you can just go the fuck home. And that's what I said. Cut and dry to his face. Now, my boy, T.O. Doubles, working the grill, turns to me like, dude, what the f- what are you doing? And then that kid looks at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, and I, I, and I meant it. I, I, I hated this kid. And then I go... I'm just kidding, man. I'm like, I, th- I appreciate it. The bar's inside. So the kid takes it and goes and puts it inside. He knew I was serious. My friend knew, everyone knew I was serious. And he walked inside and my boy Todd goes, I go. I look at Todd and I go, was that rude? And he goes, yeah, dude. What the fuck is your problem? And I, go, I just can't stand that kid. And he's like, well, relax. We're having a party, man. And that's Todd. Todd's all about everyone in, everyone fun. And uh, I'm like, all right, you're right. And I just let it go, right? Cut to 25 minutes later. I'm out front by the hammock talking to friends. Todd comes back, comes comes through the house with like tongs from working the grill. And Todd's a really good cook. I, so is Jay, but whatever. And uh, he he just comes out and, I'm, and I go, and he goes, that kid's got to go, man. This is the same kid he just offended 25 minutes ago. And I go, what's the problem? I go, he keeps asking me, where's my fucking corn? Where's my fucking corn? When's the corn going to be done? And like Todd's like making this food for everybody. It's not like he's making it for this kid. Let me see something real quick. And I go, yeah, okay. And he goes, yeah, he just keeps hounding me about the corn. And he's kind of being a dick about it. And I go, yeah. And he goes, so finally I just... This is what Todd did. Todd goes, you want your corn? You want some corn? And he grabbed a piece of corn off the grill and he threw it over the fence. And like we used to have, there was an alley and then there was another house, but it was like, the house was like forever under construction and the whole backyard was just all grown in and stuff. And he just threw it into there and he goes, there's your fucking corn. (laughs) And I go, what'd I tell you, dude? And then we kicked the kid out. We're like, you gotta get the fuck out of here. Um, So, there's, I think, I think everyone's gotta like take a temperature of the people in your world. Like, I'll tell you this: I'm friends with clearly my neighbor here. I'm friends with my neighbors across the street, next to me, next one over, next one over, across the street. Don't know. There's another family. I don't really know them. Their kids are like never out in the street, 
and then new people just moved in. New people just moved in the the other house, and the other day they were getting out of the car, and I just pulled up. I go, hey, what's up, man? I'm Jay. I live over here, blah, blah, blah. Just said, welcome to the neighborhood. He's like, cool, I'm Chris. I got a kid. I'm like, oh, awesome, man. Well, welcome. Good to see you. He's like, cool. That was good stuff. And then we got Tom, who's two houses down. He's a quiet dude. He keeps himself. I like him. Then there's another family. They're all right. I always talk to them. I say hi. I don't hang with them. And then next neighbor down, I I see her and say hello, but I, I never hung with her. Then I don't know anyone for the rest of the way down the street. And then uh, I know the woman in the family across the street this way, but it's the same thing. How are you? Good. Kids are getting big. I'm like, I know. Um so I think being a good neighbor is all about how you, you know, like you kind of manage communication with people and picking up on signs. If you feel like someone's not cool, like there was a guy who used to live across the street. Oh, my God, this was crazy. So they move in, right? And they move in. And we meet them and we're like, hey, and like I'd see them walking their dogs and we'd say like, hey, how are you, blah, blah, blah. But we never really like connected, you know. And then they got pregnant. So then they're having a baby. And we were like, hey, you're having a baby. Congrats. And they're like, yeah. And this is what people do with babies. You're having a baby. We had a baby. We understand each other. And like you want to bring people in the, in the fold. And we were like, hey, we have a bunch of stuff, you know, that we'd love to give you. And they're like, oh, cool. Now, there's a weird thing. When everyone has their first baby... They think, oh, I want all new stuff. I'm going to get new stuff for my baby. Then you have your second baby and your third and your fourth. At the second kid, you're like, I'm not buying fucking new shit. You'll take anything from anyone. What do you got? A crib? Yeah, I'll take it. Car seat? Done. Clothes? Done. Old diapers you didn't use? I'll take them. But you won't do it for the first baby because you're like, I want all new stuff for my baby. It's dumb. Someone wants to give you a crib? Take it. Because you know what? In two years, you're not going to ever use it again. But it doesn't fit. I want the perfect. Okay. Go ahead. Someone wants to give you a stroller? Take it. Car seat? Take it. Whatever. Take it. Let me tell you something you can't do with a crib. If you're out there right now, I saw some dumb people buy $2,200 cribs. We bought a $700 crib. You know how dumb that was? Because guess what? You can't donate it. No one's taking that crib. No one's taking your stroller. No one's taking your car seat. You can try and sell them on Craigslist. No one's buying it anymore. We bought our daughter's crib on Craigslist for 100 bucks. We were like, fuck this. And then we switched her into the $700 one. But then you had to throw them out. You can't donate them legally. Like donation centers won't take it. Whatever, it's dumb. Anyway, these guys are having the baby now. We're trying to connect. We tell them like, hey, we have a bunch of stuff. We're gonna, we'll bring some stuff over. They go, cool. So... About three nights later, the guy shows up at our door with a bottle of rosé. We're like, hey, he goes, hey, just want to say thanks so much for dropping that stuff off. It's so sweet, blah, blah, blah. We didn't drop shit off. So we go, oh, we didn't. I go, did you send anything? She's like, I didn't drop. I go, we didn't drop anything off. He goes, you guys didn't? We're like, no, we no, we had talked about it. We're still gathering stuff. So now, <laughs> right, we feel dumb because we haven't dropped it off. Two. He's got this bottle of wine for us now that he feels obligated to give us three, I don't know, did he think like, oh, they said they're going to drop shit off. It was just weird. He gave us the bottle of wine. So now we got to bring something over. 
So he gives us the bottle of wine. Now we're just scavenging the house. Like, well, what can we give them? We get a bunch of stuff. We bring it over the next day. They didn't want any of it. None of it. They're like, oh, yeah, thanks so much. And from that point on, it was a weird relationship with them. It was weird. Then they moved. Okay? They moved. And I'm out one day. We're leaving this restaurant. They're come, They're walking in. We're walking out. They go, hey! I think it's a totally different guy in my life. I'm like, yo, what's up, dude? What's up? What, you guys aren't our way at the lake house? He goes, what lake house? And I go, don't you have a lake house? He's like, no. Then it clicks. Oh, that's not the guy. This is a different guy. This is the guy from the street. And I'm like, oh, what's up, man? How are you guys? And I literally just brushed off. Never said, oh, I didn't. I thought you were someone else. I just pretended like I like it was just a normal thing. And that's the way it's going to go sometimes. Some people you're going to be cool with. Some people you're going to be weird with. Whatever. Uh, someone asked me how I feel about. Well, let's. There's two things I want to combine here. Everyone gets a trophy. Someone asked me, do you think everyone gets a trophy? This is what I think. I Before I had kids, I was like, no, not everyone gets a trophy. You get first place gets a trophy, second place gets a trophy. That's it. That's what you get. Okay? I remember when I was nine, there was majors and minors in Little League. So you play Little League, and then you got into minors and majors. Okay? And it was like... 7 to 11, 7 to like, 7 to 11 was minors, and then 9, 9 to 13 was majors or something like that, but most 9-year-olds were in the minors, but me and two other kids made it to majors when in that age group. My brother was older than me playing in minors. He came in second place in minors, we came in first place in majors. I got a gold trophy, he got a silver trophy. He knew he was in minors, and he knew they came in second. He knew I was in majors, and that we came in first. You know what? In in high school, I made varsity. He played JV. He made his... You have to write like a paper for college entry. His entry was the fact that I was better at sports, and it drove him to try acting, ironically. And he became really good. Like He won like... He got like this award at a festival for acting. Now, if we had both gotten the same trophy for me coming in first and him coming in second in different leagues, maybe that wouldn't have ever led to anything else. I don't know. This is what I know. That's how I used to feel. No, you get your trophies. When the kids are like my son started Little League or T-Ball at four, right? Three or four. Three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, everyone gets a thing. It shouldn't be a trophy. It should be a ribbon. You get a ribbon. But you know why? Because at that young an age, you went to practice, you committed. Yeah, you didn't win, but no one wins at those age groups. When you start winning, like when it gets to the point where like kids are pitching, kids are you don't need coaches hitting and you're having practice and you're really working and winning games and there's an actual score and shit like that then it should be first place gets the big trophy second place gets a trophy everyone else gets a ribbon that's what you should get not the same trophy 
But you want to be, reward the kids for participating. You went to the practices. You went to the games. You worked at it. Now, did you work as hard as the kids that won? Maybe you did on your team. But the team as a whole, team sports is something like, you have to work together and understand each other and have a coach that understands. And I was lucky. When I was on that team when I was nine, it was this guy, Bernie Corbett. He lived in my town, in my neighborhood. And he like he, he didn't have kids, which nowadays we'd be like, well, this guy doesn't have kids. I don't want him coaching my kid. He was like so dedicated to us learning baseball that like we did like the coolest drills. We learned so much in the winter. Like, he had t- knew what team we were going to be. In the winter, he would take us into MIT in Cambridge, and he knew a guy that could get us into a cage, like an indoor gym, and we'd start doing, like, catching drills, fielding drills, hitting drills. Like, he cared. We'd caravan. It, it, you know, so we worked harder than everybody because we had a coach who was, like, made it fun. He made it interesting. He he made it available to us. And I say that, like, you're like, well, it sounds like he's kind of a ball buster. There was this one kid on our team, Anthony. I can't remember his last name. He was my brother's age. And he would show up late a lot of times to practice. And I remember, like, there used to be this, like, Prince Spaghetti. It was, like, a sauce, like an Italian, like, a tomato sauce for pasta as a kid. And their commercial was, like, this old lady yelling out the window, and they'd always go, where were you on Wednesday? Because, like, Wednesday was, like, Prince Spaghetti Night or something. I don't know. But anyway, whenever he would show up, our coaches would go, Anthony, where were you on Wednesday? And I still remember that. I was nine. They made it fun. And kids worked hard. And <sighs> Anyway, you know what I want to say? This is what I want to say. When I was nine, I made that team. We won the town championship and our district championship. The kid, there was a stud who was 12 on our team. I was nine. He was 12. He might have been 13. He was a stud, Ryan Svensson. I remember on Halloween that year, he was in my neighborhood, and I saw him. He wasn't dressed up, okay? He was wearing khakis, a polo, like collar flipped with our district championship jacket on, and I'm like dressed up like, hey, I'm going out with my friends. And I remember seeing him. He's like, how are you, man? And I was like, good. He goes, you still playing ball? And I'm like, yeah. And, like, at the end of the year, he threw a party at – he had a house at a lake in New Hampshire, and he threw a party for the whole team. Now, everyone on the team, most of them were two years older than me. There was a couple in between. But I was nine, hanging out with 12 and some 13-year-olds at this lake house, and I didn't know how to do it. I had no idea how to do it. I remember being up at this lake house and sitting on a wall by myself while everyone was doing something. I don't know what, playing volleyball. I don't know. And I was petrified. I was. I wanted to bawl my eyes out. I did not want to be there. I was scared. I was afraid. And I'm just like, what the fuck? How long is this going to last? Like, you ever been in that situation? Like, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And I think it was a day. I don't think we slept over. And my... Other dads were there. Obviously, my dad was not there. And I just like the coaches probably picked me up because they used to drive me to every game and every practice I could walk to. But so back to earlier when I started the podcast, I talked about camp. Like I think about my son at camp and I wonder if he's like me. And I know that like he's on the youngest. That's the youngest age of kids that will be in his group of five. 
everyone three and four year olds are in the other thing and they can only go half days five is the youngest so he's in they're playing with 13 year olds you know what i mean there's 11 year olds there's six seven eight nine and some of these kids have already been there so i see him by himself and i'm just like do i just let him sink or swim right now or do i think about me on that wall by myself feeling so insecure and scared and not knowing how to fit in you know this is part of being a parent like do I test it? So what I did was I said, hey, the other day I took him. I introduced him to another kid who was playing with a ball. And Reed has wanted to play with this. There's like kids with soccer balls, basketballs. And then there's like a jelly ball. It's like a big bouncy ball. And, this, and Reed like has wanted to bounce that ball. He keeps telling me about this ball. And I see this kid with it. And I go, all right, forget it. So I just walk him over. This is his. This was yesterday, which was his third day. Okay. And I go over and I go, hey, man, what's your name? And he goes, oh, it's Otis. And I go, Otis, this is Reed. I go, how old are you? He goes, five. I go, oh, do you know how old? I go, Reed, tell him how old you are. Reed goes, I'm five and a half. And he goes, oh, I'm five and a half. And I go, cool. I go, do you like that ball? He goes, yeah. I go, let me see you bounce it. And he bounced it. And I go, oh, yeah, Reed really likes that ball. And he goes, yeah. And I go, can I bounce it? He goes, yeah. And I bounce it. I go, can Reed bounce it? And he goes, yeah. So then Reed bounced it. I go, why don't you guys bounce it together? And he goes, okay. And then I, before I left, I looked at Reed and I go, do me a favor. Hang out with Otis today. I feel like he needs someone to like just be buddies with him. So I gave him like a little bit of empowerment and I connected them. And then Reed, all he talked about was, I made a new friend today named Otis. So that's what I did, you know. And am I overparenting? Am I helicopter parenting? I don't know. But let me tell you, I played on a team with these kids the whole year. And then went away to this, went for this like day trip to this lake house. And I was scared out of my mind because I was younger and I didn't, you know, maybe know how to make friends or had like insecurities built in me. So I look at like ways I can build the strength within my son. And I'm like, if I can just take that moment and let him know like, hey, he needs someone to hang out or introduce them. That's what I'm going to do to build, make him stronger so that he doesn't have moments where he's goes the whole day and plays with nobody and feels scared and insecure because no one took the time to like you know connect him and i'm not saying anyone didn't take the time to connect me i just had these things insecurities and fears built in because i never had a a dad around and i always felt like i was cheap and unloved and unwanted you know what i mean so like i i always have needed people to come to me i had a tough time being the one go to people which is why i'm great with strangers because i don't give a shit if you like me you know what I mean? You're going to like me. Trust me. You're going to like me. And you're going to want to hang out with me. <laughs> but you ain't going to. Okay? And that's the way uh, I always was. So, does everyone get a trophy? Not a first place trophy. You can get a ribbon. Okay? Because you deserve something. Because you worked hard and you put the time in. You know? That's what you should get. Or like a little participation. You want to give them a participation trophy? Go ahead. I've gotten those. I've also gotten, you know, trophies for winning league tournaments and shit like that. Not like I was ever awesome, but anyway. And then someone also said uh, the outdoor shower thing, which I brought up. I'm telling you right now, if you can put in an outdoor it costs $500 and then $600 for wood. Build a goddamn outdoor shower and stop. And someone who mentioned it to me over social media was like, yeah, but, you know, I live in Missouri. So you live in California. Okay. You could take a shower in spring, summer, fall, three seasons. Even in fall, 
you got hot water out there. You know what I mean? So you could take it probably into October. And then when you like, you know, it starts to get really cold, turn the hot water off to go out there and then wait till next season. But who cares? Start your day that way. <sighs> Let me just check this. All right, we got about 12 minutes. Someone asked me, Live at Gotham, you're a fan of Live at Gotham. I'm going to chop it up and I'll put it on Instagram. Someone asked me about Human Math. My first two albums, Human Math, Self-Diagnosed, those are both going to be back on Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, everywhere. Okay? So those will be up there. Those will be rocking and rolling. You can get them again, and I apologize. Let me just tell you what happened. This is just something for everyone out there. When I shot my special, Me Being Me, a couple years ago, I paid for it myself. I did everything. I didn't have to get approval from Comedy Central on a joke. I didn't have to worry if anyone was going to buy it. I just did it. Cost me money. I did it. And I realized when I did it, I'm like, oh, yeah, like I didn't get into comedy to have people tell me what they thought was funny. I got into comedy because I like to make people laugh. And I have a way in which I think is funny. And I have people that like what was funny. So... I had done my albums with a label, the first two albums, Self-Diagnosed and Human Math, and I went to them and I asked them if I could buy them back. I'm like, I have money, I want to buy them back. And we got together and decided what we thought was a fair price, them and myself, and I bought them back. And as part of that, they were the ones who had made sure they were on iTunes and Spotify and stuff like that. And uh, I'm not good at business stuff. Uh, I'm good at the idea of what I want my business to be, but I'm not good at like uploading, downloading technology. I'm terrible at it. I'm terrible at it. And having to make sure you have to go through and then you have to sit on the phone with people for four hours. And you have to, I, It's just not me. I'm good at observing the world, you know? And so it took a while. So I'm getting someone who's putting them all back up and they'll all be back up, which is another thing. The other day I got up and I was like, I'm feeling bad that my kids are at this day camp that I just, it's not the best day camp, but it's cheap. It's cheap. And that's what we can afford. Now, are there some other baller day camps in LA? Yeah, bro. There's some fucking amazing ones up in Will Rogers where your kids are outdoors and they're exploring over a hundred acres and they're like cooking and they're doing stuff that like is insane. It's also $700 a week per kid. Do I have that kind of cash on a day camp? No, I don't. So they go to this place where you show up and no one's there. Literally, I walk my daughter into her, her like, it's like a a small gym, like a half gym, you know, with tables. Some have puzzles. Some have coloring. Every coloring book has been colored on every page. There's like two pages that haven't been colored. The puzzles are all worn out. Some don't have a couple pieces. There's no music playing. The other day I walked in there and I look at the guy who's I've never seen before. Now there's another guy in this room. And I'm like, hey, man, are you in here today? And he goes, yeah, I'm Mike. Probably super nice guy. And he's like, you know, the other woman's going to be here too. And I go, cool. I go, uh, how about we get some music going, huh? He goes, oh, yeah. And goes over and puts some music on, you know. And you're like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to work on this stuff. You know, it is what it is. Are my kids going to grow from it? Yeah, they're going to grow from it. Are, you know, are they going to be, whatever. You get it. Be involved. I guess that's my point. When it comes to your neighbors, be involved. When it comes to your kid's school, be involved. Volunteer at the school. You know, for my kid's preschool, I did a fundraiser every year. I put on a stand-up show and I raised some money. Uh, good amount, actually, which was cool. And I'm like, you know, it's not a, it's a 
you got to pay to go to that school. But I was like, I can do, I, I love doing stand up. It's not a lot of work for me to put a show on and I can raise some money for the school so that it shows my kids that I'm involved. It shows other parents that I'm involved. It shows them like, Hey, why don't you get involved? I would volunteer when I could. Like I went in to read to the kids one day. I went on the field trip with the kids. It just shows your kids that you're involved. So anytime you can get more involved in any capacity of your family or your world, just do it. You know, everyone gets a trophy. Woman told me she started making homemade parachutes for her kids. I love that for his Batman kids or dolls. Uh, I think anytime you can take stuff around the house and turn it into something without having a TV on or a phone or an iPad is just going to make your kids brain stronger you know watching something is nothing it's literally nothing it's nothing but when their brains are doing something it's something they're gonna have their whole life to do this their whole life think about how much you watch your phone you probably watch it all the time i put videos out all the time on instagram why because people are watching them i do this podcast for video because people are watching it you're gonna have your whole life to do it so when they're I mean, I can't believe I even have to say one or two. I see people all the time with their kids like at a restaurant watching a fucking iPhone while they talk to their friend. Shut up, you fucking piece of shit. You're, the brain is barely developed and they're watching some cartoon, you dummy. Especially when I see a dad with a kid doing it. I'm like, you're such a fucking piece of shit. I think, whatever, eight, nine, then maybe. Not out for dinner, though. Okay, that's that's like, you know, out at dinner, you're out at dinner. You're socializing. You're being a part of a family. You don't ever get to watch anything when we're out to dinner, ever, ever. And you don't, whatever. Uh, let's see. Someone asked me, would you rather hit a home run in a World Series, a goal in a World Cup, or putt to win a major? Now, let me just clarify something. You asked me if I wanted to score, hit a home run in a World Series. That could be game one. We could be down nine zip and I hit a home run. That wouldn't matter. Now, if it was a home run like Joe Carter for the Blue Jays to win the World Series, first time ever with a walk-off, that'd be amazing. World Cup goal, that could be in round one, you know? The thing about goals in soccer is sometimes there's like two in an entire game. That's why whenever you see soccer highlights on TV, the goals are insane. And you're like, Jesus, how good are these guys? You have to be that good to score a goal in soccer. You know what I mean? Same in hockey. Like, hockey goals are usually insane. Now, home runs? Dudes are jacking home runs every night. Dudes make diving catches every night, you know, because it's maybe there's just more opportunity for it, I guess. You know, sometimes in hockey, there's like 21 shots a game. In baseball, there's 27 outs that get made. So at least there's going to be 27 guys get up to the plate, and they're normally going to, they're at least going to see three pitches, right? So what's that with quick math? 81 pitches would be the minimum pitches could ever get thrown in a baseball game. So 81 attempts to see a home run. So you get what I'm saying? But the putt to win a major, I mean, bro. You know, it's like Justin Leonard when he made that putt to win the um, Ryder Cup, you know, the Payne Stewart year. I mean, that's insane. That would be like the coolest thing ever. I just think uh, for me, to be any to do anything in a pro sport, like I can golf. Like I golf with my friends. We golfed the other day, played Riviera Country Club because I know a guy who's a member. And there's 
the Riviera Country Club, they have, they have PGA events there. So it's like an amazing golf course. You just don't have PGA events. And it's a very exclusive club. My friend's been a member there since he was a kid. So now it's just like, and you got to be a millionaire to, to be a member there. And the 10th hole is a 12-foot wide green. It's long, but not wide, not wide, right? So if you land here, you're hitting into it. You only have 12 feet to miss. If you land over here, you have the whole thing, you know? I had a 70-yard shot in to the green out of like this rough and I look at the guy the caddy and I go dude I can't make this shot and I go what am I going to do here he goes you just got to go with it and I I took a 58 degree wedge put the ball back in my stance and I was like 70 70 yards I'm going to have to like put it back and I'm going to have to cut I always have a little cut on my swing if you're non-golfers I'll get through this quick I put a cut on it so it would spin back I aimed left and I hit it exactly 70 yards. It sucked back and went past the hole, and I had like a, I don't know, like a 12-foot putt for birdie, which I didn't make. I made par. But it was the best golf shot I've made in a long time, and it just felt amazing. So for me, that was just an accomplishment. My friends saw it. They were like, dude, that's a golf shot. And I was like, I know. That felt so good. So making any kind of golf shot under pressure feels amazing. If I could hit a home run in a World Series, it would just be insane. But uh, I love seeing any major accomplishment in sports. It's so fun to watch people be awesome at anything. Uh, anyway, um, someone asked me what my favorite rap song is because you you make rap music. So I listen to like hip hop, like going to shows or leaving shows. I'm I like I don't know a ton of like new artists. So one, anyone out there who's like into hip hop, send me shit. Tell me who's good, who I should listen to. Um, you know what song I love is one of my all-time favorites is um, what's it called? By the Far Side, passing me by. And the other day I was like listening to it. And I'm like, is this just like a? I'm like, is this like a total white guy rap song? Um, but I love that song. You know that one? In my younger days, I used to sport a sag. When I went to school, I carried lunch in a bag with an apple for my teacher, cause I always get a kiss. I always got mad when the class was. Anyway, I love that song. It's one of my faves. Um, but there was tons of stuff. Like when we were kids, I would listen to like. New Edition and then BBD were like our favorites. And then there was like Guy, Heavy D, Run DMC, um, Public Enemy. Like I used to listen to Public Enemy religiously. Um, and I'm I'm that – everyone like loved Flavor Flav. I was not a Flavor Flav fan. Chuck D was my dude. I was like, that guy's the shit. Remember when he was like doing like the news? <laughs> anyway. Uh, a couple more things on here, and then I got to wrap up. Uh, people ask me if I age my steaks when I cook. I don't know anything about grilling. I never had a grill when you're a, when you're a single mom. You never had a grill. I didn't have a grill till I lived in down that house with the kid with the thing. I never know how to do steaks. My buddy Jordan used to tell me I do steaks the way he did them. So what I do now is I pull them out an hour before I'm gonna cook them, let them get to room temp, and I usually just salt and pepper. I don't like marinate steak unless it's like a skirt steak or some kind of like flank steak. I usually go ribeye or T-bone are my two steaks that I buy. I don't buy filet because I'm afraid I'll fuck it up and it's too expensive. Normally, New York steak or porterhouse are the ones that you can get. I usually go to my butcher. You know what I mean? Because I got a butcher. I live in the 1800s. No, I go to the... the I, See, there's a Whole Foods near me, and there's a Ralph's or a Vons. Now, 
people are like, oh, you bougie, you go to Whole Foods. Guess what? Whole Foods has a guy I can ask. Vaughn's, Ralph's, there's no butcher. The, the meat is out. That's it. And guess what? The prices are almost exactly the same. Some things are cheaper at Vons. And guess what? Some things are cheaper at Whole Foods than they are at Vons. So I always just go to Whole Foods. I can ask the guy. I'd be like, hey, man, because, you know, if they don't sell a certain steak, they put them on sale. And I'll be like, what's cheap right now? That's good. And then he's like, he, 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 one, one week it was Porterhouse or Top Sirloin maybe. And he goes, that's the fourth most tender steak. I think it goes like filet filet ribeye new york sirloin and then uh what was that other one i said um whatever and then you get into all the other cuts you know and i was like all right and he's like yeah this is just fine and i always say i'm like yeah it's for my kids and me because i want my kids to have like good tender steak i don't want something super rough and he's like okay so i usually just get Whatever he tells me is a good steak at that time, I pull it out for an hour, and then I, when I, so it gets to room temp, I salt and pepper it. You know, sometimes I freeze the steak, too. If I buy it and we're not going to get to it in time, it's a good price, I freeze it. So I have, like, in I have two T-bones and a ribeye in my, you don't give a shit. Anyway, I salt and pepper each side. Then I try to do, like, equal time. My boy T.O. Double told me, you never want to flip steaks more than once. Get it down on that side. Cook it for like seven minutes, five minutes, depending on heat. Flip it, and then the same. But then what I do is when I flip it, I put a pat of butter on it. So the way my boy Jordan's grandfather used to do it. And this is how you keep friendships, okay? I flip that steak. I put the butter on it. I take a picture. I send it to him. And I go, just the way your grandfather would do it. It just lets him know I'm thinking about him. Let's him know I know what's up. Uh, so that's what I would do. Someone asked me how you handle a long-distance relationship. Uh, you get out of it. <laughs> what's the point, dude? You know, sometimes I think a long-distance relationship is great. I've been in one with my wife. We were long-distance New York and L.A. That's as, almost as far away as you can get in the U.S. And finally, I just moved to New York. I'm like, fuck it. This is the one. I'm just going to move to New York. Yes, will my career suffer? Yeah, whatever. Same with kids. Will my career suffer? Yeah, whatever. It's If it's what you want, it's what you want. So if if you're sitting there, first of all, there's the adventure of like who's where and who needs to be there if you're in a long-distance relationship. They need to be there for work or you need to be, whoever's the more flexible, go move. Jump. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to fucking leave your job? Find another one. I don't know. Otherwise, get open with your sex. You know what I mean? You better figure out real quick what you like for sex and make sure that they know so that when you're together, you can get your kinky on. Because if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're not being open about what you want and that, and you're super, because you're super far away. So if you're not FaceTiming sex or you're not like fooling around, like if you're not getting it in, or you're not just being open. I don't know. I don't know how you make it long distance work. I just know now I'm, I'm with like who I'm with. And we had figured out how we made it work. And it was me moving to New York. Um, okay. Damn it. I'm going to save the rest of these for another up. I love you guys. I appreciate those of you who are writing in and asking me stuff. I'll continue to like sidebar on topics and I'll continue to come up with stuff to talk about. I love all of you guys for listening. It means the most to me. And uh, please share it. Tell people about it. And um, I'll keep doing it. Peace. Peace.